Welcome back to Encourage Radio. We are, of course, getting ready for another wonderful conversation with Dr. Ron Smith. Oh, my gosh, Dr. Ron. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, that's what I call him in the kitchen. Hey, Dr. Ron, would you like to buy some almond milk from Aldi? Oh, (laughs) Oh, my Lord. That's funny. That is too funny. You know, it took me a long time to get that doctorate degree i know i remember I know. you forced me to get it like in terms of like you were like go downstairs and write you have to write all these hours it took me a three three and a half years just to write the dissertation well i still remember just um with your master's we had that brother word processor oh my gosh and we were in north carolina and on monday you would go in and of course we worked at a church there yeah. and um you would leave at five o'clock go to was it durham yeah we went to yeah Durham, North Carolina, take a class, come back. And then they also allowed you to, of course, it was like Wednesday night Bible study, things like that. And then you would leave and go sleep on the floor at seminary housing just so you could get up for an early morning class. This was before online classes. This was before the internet. So we had lots of books and um, lots of research and lots of driving to make that happen. And we did that, what, for a couple of years? What, till Rayleigh? Um, Was Rayleigh born? uh, I did a year and a half in Texas, and we did my last uh, year and a half, almost two years, because I was pastoring a church. Things slowed down a little bit, so it took me two years. Um, I remember that. Yeah, the average master's is three Three to four years. So I did it like in four years. Yeah, 90 hours. Is that correct? Uh, my master's was 97 hours. Wow. Yeah. Kind of crazy. But yeah, I remember, you know, chicken pecking, you yeah, know, you the down brother. there on the brother processor, which we thought was so cool because. Yeah. And it was portable. It had a handle on it. Like, if you guys know what we're talking about, like, go back and Google the Brother Word Processor. It oh, looked man. like a typewriter on steroids. It did. And talk, we're talking about anger today. Uh, some of my friends use that in seminary and college because very few guys had, like, a Brother Word Processor and so forth. Um, it, it wasn't quite that old. I think that's the 70s. It was like, I don't know what year it would have been. Like, my dad 90. bought it. Yeah, probably Six, like 90, 90, yeah. 94? It was earlier than that. I had it in college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 90. Let's just say 1990. Yeah. Um, But anyway, talk about anger. Like, I saw so many of my friends forget to put the card in, <laughs> and when you would hit save or, or you would hit, like, accidentally hit the delete button, it deleted the whole thing, and oh. there was no memory. Yikes. Yeah. Um, It was like an electronic typewriter, and so a friend of mine, he wrote his 170-page, uh, you know, we had to write a 175-page doctor uh a paper to graduate college mm. in the school of religion. And he lost all of it. I'll never forget oh, the look on his face. Goodness. That was tragic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but it's wild. You remember that? Well, we're not, we're not here talking about that. Those good old I days know. of, I don't even 
even know. I'm like, how do we get there? How do yeah, we get there? I don't know. The funny title, you calling me doctor, that was funny. Yes. Right? Well, just getting there. And I know many people go through things and and they they reach those goals, but it's not always easy to get there so the topic for today like where did that anger come from yeah i mean that that is a good segue so there's a lot of times that in parenting uh, life uh, even if you're not even if you're newly married and you're wanting to hit certain career goals and and it's just not there and your self-worth is sort of tied into that and you're trying to figure out your self-worth like now that you're newly married you're trying to figure out your self-worth as a parent yes because that's a redefinition re-identification of who you are um, and then all of that is sort of bouncing around in your head and you're trying to find out, uh, you know, am I making a difference? And then all that adds up. And then before you know it, you just have all these odd feelings of conflict, frustration. And before you know it, you're just full of anger. And maybe you don't consider yourself to be an um, an angry person. Oh, you know what I need to do right now? I want to pause and sort of take a moment to define anger. Yeah, when, that when would we, be good. When we All of us get angry. There's not a single human being on the planet that doesn't get angry. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, um, be angry and sin not. Mm. Okay. So first of all, he admits that you're going to get angry. Whether The difference is how you process it. Yes. Some people throw things. Some people go silent. Some people uh, use really foreign language. Um, Others seek it in revenge or things of that nature, right? But there are we all hang we all handle anger in different ways, but we all experience some form of it. Yeah. Um, and so I want to be, be clear when we're talking about anger, we're not talking about maybe what most people think about when they think of anger. We're not talking about like uh, violence. We're not talking about necessarily throwing things. Or even raising our voice. Yes. Yeah. Raising your voice. Some people. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some people use it in not having a voice at all. Right. Yes. They use it and in, in, in so forth. So, yeah, I understand that. So, yeah, I want, I want to be clear that we make sure we, we define that. And so what we want to do, Lord willing, in this podcast is be an encouragement to mom and dad. Um, as parents, uh, as newlyweds, uh, that there there are going to be times when you're trying to define your self-worth and it's tied to your job and that changes. Mm. Uh, you become a parent and you're not really sure like what that means. Like there are many times when, and Randy, you can speak more to this, obviously, when you're a new mom and there are some moms that go through postpartum depression. And even even in stages of being a mom, you've probably questioned so many times, like, you know, am I, did I make the right decisions? And maybe you make a decision and something comes back and you question, like, what if I would have done things different? And now you're like, am I, am I really a good mom? Mm-hmm. Am I a good wife? Am I? And, and there, it, so all of us go through this. So this is sort of following a, a series of podcasts that have dealt with purpose, um, identity, a blessing, and that we all go through this. Every one of us go through these um, identity stages, no matter what your age. It's not just children that are trying to find their self-worth and their identity. But if we're not careful, uh, we can we can lose sight of things in that uh, pr- process or mm. path of finding self-worth. Yeah. And um, it can cause us some some serious frustration. Yes. And we, maybe we shut down. Maybe we walk away. Maybe we just... Uh, we don't want to like exit this life, you know, in terms of like, let's say suicide, but we're like, you know what, I'm done. Maybe we just give up trying. There's just so many emotions that come with uh, misunderstanding self-worth, misunderstanding like how to deal with these feelings and not knowing how to appropriately handle anger. Mm. We don't want our children to express anger and, and throw, we call them temper tantrums, but do we throw temper tantrums um, in, in other areas? So, 
Yeah, we want to deal with that today and maybe just bring some help uh, to some folks that are trying to figure out how do I handle the way I feel? Like, yeah. why am I so angry? All right, well, let's talk about that. So what? here's what we know causes um, a feeling of, of worthlessness. Here's what causes feelings of um, like I'm useless maybe or I'm not making a difference. Here are feelings that causes anger. Here's what we know. There are three causes to it. Well, the obvious is I'm hurt. Mm. Whether it's as simple as you're driving down the highway and somebody cuts you off and you're like, what was that for? Um, or somebody just says something to you that, you know, like you just walked into the door and somebody's like, wow, where'd you get your hair done? You know, the, we're like they just make a rude comment. Yeah. You know, you're hurt. Maybe your child says something hurtful. Maybe your spouse says something hurtful. Like we know hurt's going to happen in life. And after we receive so many occurrences um, of hurt, we, we, we process it inwardly. And then we think, well, what's wrong with me? Maybe we even process it outwardly. Like you get hurt a lot at work mm. and you come home and you proverbially like kick the cat. You know what I mean? And everybody, everybody's in the house like, what did the cat do? Um, here's another cause uh, of worthlessness and, and anger. Frustration. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's admit it. There are times when being a parent is, is frustrating. Not necessarily like against the child, but you're just, I mean, it's a lot. It's demanding, yeah. um, you know, to be a parent. I mean, I was just thinking about um, Rayleigh and Jacob just the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, soon after they got married, you know, I mean, they were together seven years, but soon after they got married, they learned to be married. And then uh, there's Benjamin, and there's, there's so many new things that happened all at once. Yeah. You know, new marriage, new home, new cars, you know, you know, you know if we'll. And they just handled it, yeah, you know. I think wonderfully, uh, but there's a lot of frustration that comes with that. Like, am I doing my best? Am am I am I the best husband? Am I the best dad? And there are days when you're just flat out exhausted. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you walk in and there's mounds of laundry, and there's no groceries, um, you know, in the pantry. And you're like, what are we going to do for dinner? Well, I'm just I'm worn out. How are we going to handle this? Well, you're and just... you're both hoping on the inside that the other will go. I'll get it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But you're like, I don't want to do it. You know, yeah. that's another one I didn't write down, but there's that's expectations. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Um, we expect others to maybe understand how I feel. And uh, like my dad used to always say, I'm not a mind reader. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't expect me to know how you feel. You have to share that with me. Mm. Um, expectations. Here's another one insecurity. Yes. We all have. We all feel insecure. Every absolute, every one of us. And why? Listen, these are these are the negative side effects of living in a fallen world. These are the negative side effects of living in a world that tells you what to be dependent on, with, for, and it's the opposite of on, with, for the things of Christ. Yeah. And we can get tangled up in that. And so, how do we? How do we deal with that? How do we deal with those feelings? Like, why am I so angry? Um, when I know I'm feeling that way, um, how, how do I deal with that? I think number one, you, you have to learn how to listen to the, to the right voices. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah, that's right. Listen to Ecclesiastes. The Bible says, don't pay attention to everything people say. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Think of Job. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Think of Job. I mean, the voices he was hearing around it, whether they were well-intentioned or ill-intentioned, I think you can read both intentions into that um, when you listen to them. But yeah, nonetheless, he wasn't receiving um, the best advice. I was just talking to somebody like a while back, and um, they were, they're a public figure, 
And they were like, you know, sometimes the comments that I get on social media are just too hard to take. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I get that. Like, I understand that. Like, you put yourself out there and people are just making fun of, critiquing and and he got and he and, you know he and I were talking. He goes, you know, if you struggle with self worth, which all of us do, he goes he goes. My goodness, if you struggle with self worth and the things people say about you, wow, you just begin to believe it. Mm. You can just you know it's so easy that you can just tear yourself down and you just want to like opt out. Like I'm no longer going to post because all I'm going to do is get ripped apart. Yeah. Um, you have to learn to start listening to the right voices. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's that's that's one of the hardest things that you and I can understand. All right. I want to I want to talk about this for just a minute. I want to, I want to develop this. So there's this idea of um, self worth. I get it. Um, the Bible speaks somewhat of self worth when Paul says thing when he makes statements like I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. Hmm. There there are there are verses that talk about that, but the concept of self worth ultimately is not really in the Bible. Yeah. Now. God tells us what our worth is as he sees us, but the worldly idea of self-worth is basically self-dependence, self-reliance, identifying on my own who I am and my place in this world as I determine it. Mm. So sometimes it's really hard for me to talk about self-worth with people um, unless I frame it, like I, I turn it. And I, and I turn it back to understanding that God determines our self-worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you're going to think this sounds real churchy right now, but it's not. When I say listen to the right voices, you, you, you can't just seek the advice of friends around you. You have to seek what the Word of God says. Yeah. Like right now, if you're listening and you're near a computer, Google what is a Christian's perspective on self-worth. Just Google that. And every post you read, every one of them are going to tell you the same thing, and it's good, but it's the same thing, and maybe it's just me. Uh, but when I read them, because, I mean, that's what I do for a living is, is preach and teach us, but when I read that for a living, at first you're going to think that's kind of shallow, like, trust God, read the Word. I mean, you're going to hear that, and at first you're going to think, I need something else. No, you don't need something else. Mm. That's the thing with with each next self-help book that comes out, we think there's something new. There's nothing new under the sun. You That's need true. to learn about your self-worth. Yeah. Nothing. And so you have to learn how to listen to sort of the, the right... Now listen, at the heart of all of us, here's what we know. The heart is is deceitful, and it's, it's wicked above all else. You cannot come to a definition of self-help, you cannot come to that definition of self-help by doing introspection. You can't do it. In other words, you can't, by your own, you can't come to a definition. Solomon, okay, when Solomon, where Solomon made the problem, Solomon says, I said to myself. Oh, yeah. That's where King Solomon messed up. The wisest man in the world only talked to himself. If you, He only listened to his advice. Hmm. He didn't, you know what I mean? Like he thought he was wise enough to solve his own problems. So when it comes to self-worth, listen, and, and why are you so angry? Well, it it might just be you're listening to the wrong voices. Well, I think it goes back again to pride. Mm. You know, 
Um, of course, I was studying this morning, had no, you know, idea that this would kind of tie together, but uh. I was going through, you know, ask, seeking, and knocking. And, you know, whenever we do ask, it's asking in belief, but so many times we ask and we're like, well, why aren't you giving it to me? Yeah. You know, that goes back to that prideful, we have to really do a self-check of our motives. Right. And unless we are father filtered, right. you know, we are going to have a wrong perspective as we even look at, you know, as a reflective point of view of who we are. Right. You know, because sometimes we can come back of, why is this happening to me? Instead of, Lord, who are you wanting me to be? Right. And many times that we forget about that, that he is in the middle of of creating something within us. And we stop that flow of process by looking at introspection and then staying in that angry you know, state of mind. Yep. We're missing the whole perspective of what God has planned. Right. And I think it goes back to, for all of us, pride, because like you said, we are all sinners. Right. But unless that communication is still going and, you know, as we introspect, you know, look within ourselves, we, we have to have a the correct perspective. Can I be honest? Yeah. Um, when, I, when I was looking over this and studying, I've, I've taught on this before, but that was one of my original notes, but I didn't put that in there because mm-hmm. I thought people are going, oh, that's too harsh. But you said it best. And I think I think you saying pride coming from you is a little bit softer and sweeter than coming from me, <laughs> the preacher. I sound like the, the preacher right now, but you're dead on. Like you are absolutely spot on, like at the heart of pursuing self-worth outside of Christ is a heart of pride. I had someone tell me, I think I was doing a Bible study years ago, and someone had mentioned, you know, when we're late, it's it's arrogance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is a sign of pride. Like, my time is worth, you know what I mean, kind of more. So whenever I was, you know, I had the habit of being late, had all my three girls, I could have every excuse in the world. Right. But that was a that was kind of a prideful thing because right. my agenda was affecting the other people that I was entrusting my time to and they were sharing their time with me. Right. Yeah. And we just don't want to talk about it because we don't want that accountability process. That's we don't right. we don't want somebody to draw a line for us mm. in how we should live. There you go. And that's what is, you know, everything is kind of like, well, let's just move the line a little further or I don't really need to do this for my spouse yeah. or I don't really need to hold my tongue. That right. goes back to who are you listening to? Yeah, who are you oh, listening 100%. to? I had somebody say one time as well they said that if, if you're not careful, self-worth can become self-agenda mm. and at least a pride like yes. at the heart of it, if we're not careful not always, but at the heart of it, sometimes our anger comes, not all of it but sometimes our anger, frustration and security comes from um, pursuing worth uh, from sources that aren't worthy. Oh yeah, just like when your kids mess up. Right. You're embarrassed. Yeah. Because your kids messed up. Yeah. You know, like why did you do that? Especially as a teenager, why was your attitude this? Why was this? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the student. It right. all has to do with yeah. how does you that embarrass reflect? Me. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but sometimes a parent doesn't want to say that. Right. But that's really what's at the heart of it. Right. Because if restoration was at the heart of it, you would stop, right. take a deep breath, 
and say, hey, you know, why did we make this decision? Right. How did we get here? Well, I think the point, one of the, I mean, you made a lot of great points. But to me, the, the biggest point in that area of frustration, anger, and self-worth is not always asking, why me, me, me? Like that introspective self-worth equals self-agenda. You're asking like, okay, what are you taking me through right now that I'm possibly missing mm. that can be used for others? Mm. You, ha- you can never forget. The Bible always says, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like the neighbor's always put first. And you can't love your neighbor until you realize how much God loves you. Mm. But so so many times it's, it's very so self-oriented. Self-worth from a worldly perspective basically means self-agenda. Yeah. That's why we have statements like it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, you know. Uh, if you're not first, you're last, uh, kind of a thing. And so sometimes we compare as parents, we compare ourselves to parenting styles, um, all the way down to like their kids wear this clothes or their kids go to this school or their kids are involved in this. And we don't, we can't, we're not. And and we compare that. And then unknowingly, we sort of get frustrated at ourselves, and then we take it out on our kiddos. Mm. And then they don't understand, right? But to go back to this, so like Jacob said, it all goes back to learning to listen to the right voice. Like you have have to constantly have the Word of God whispering in your ear. Please listen to this. We live in a fallen world, mm. and when you and I surrender to Christ, we have now turned. Now, uh, now, now, I'm doing a, I'm doing a th- something with my hands right now, so they can see it. But I need you to understand this. Like you've turned the other way. Whenever you are trying to pursue self worth from sources that aren't worthy, you're twisting yourself backwards from where you're supposed to go. Like the body is now contorted, yeah. like a candy cane. It's twisted. So we say this when we get angry, man, I'm all twisted up. Mm-hmm. But think about that. You literally are. Yeah. Because instead of pursuing worth from one avenue, now you've turned to pursue it and to receive it from another source. You've literally twisted yourself up into a knot mm-hmm. because you're pursuing worth from a kingdom that that has no right to establish worth in you. Yeah. Yes. And so you're listening to the wrong voices, right? So remember this, the heart is deceitful above all things. And the heart wants to pursue a self-agenda. And you're going to get angry when when the expectations aren't there, when you feel insecure. And it's, it's, you cannot pursue self-worth from a humanistic, worldly standpoint. It mm-hmm. has to be, you have to receive it from God. Yeah. All right, so what do you do? All right, you've learned that. What do you do? You're in the midst of it. And man, you just, you're just all tied up. <laughs> like you, maybe you wouldn't call it pride. Maybe you wouldn't call it insecurity. You might be able to say, I'm frustrated, but you don't know why. You're just out of sorts right now. What do you do? Well, you got to pause. Mm, yep. You have to learn in that moment to pause and, and, and think about your thoughts. Mm. Did you hear that? Think about your thoughts. The Bible says it this way, take captive every thought. Yeah, That literally means like, like take that thought out of your head, put it in your hand and look at it and go, what in the world's going on with this thought? Mm. Now, um, what do I mean by that? Okay, so if you are the type of person that boils over fast, you may need to tell your spouse, give me 30 seconds in another room to think about my thought. Mm. Because I know right now, if I say something, it's not going to be nice. Like until you learn how to control that, you might need to say that. Maybe you're an inward processor and your spouse is like, if you don't, if you don't start talking, don't do the silent thing on me. And you're like, I'm not being silent as torture. I'm just right now processing so I'll know exactly like what's happening. Like I need to know like what's going on. You know, like like if you've ever, if you've ever been in like some type of minor accident or something just minor happened around like a balloon popped. I don't know. It took you a few seconds to be like, okay, what was that? Yeah. 
You're right. That's what you need, what you need to do with that thought. You need to stop and go, okay, what was that? Like, where did that come from? Mm. Remember, self-worth often, uh, often is self-agenda, which often leads to selfish responses. Yeah. So I have to pause, like learn how to, in a healthy way, pause and take captive that thought. Here's what we know. Anger is a choice. Mm-hmm. Insecurity is a choice. Yeah. Frustration is a choice because those are all sort of secondary emotions. You know, um, Anger is not a primary emotion. Anger is a, a secondary emotion. There's only two primary emotions, uh, all right? And so you and I have to learn. Okay, the Bible says this, a wise, a wise man holds his temper in and cools it. Mm. So pause, think about it, take a moment. Now, that doesn't mean you can't come back and in a healthy way express like where you're hurt, where you feel insecure, where you feel worthless, where you feel useless. Like if I do this, then that this is going to make me very vulnerable, and when I feel very vulnerable, life feels very insecure, and I begin to fall apart. Like yeah. you need to say those words. Mm-hmm. Then maybe that other per- then that other person should go. Wow, I had no idea you felt like that. So that one decision made you feel very vulnerable. And in feeling very vulnerable, you felt left alone. And in feeling left alone, you felt abandoned. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. Yeah. Now that should change the conversation. Um, in terms of like it's not just one big argument, but you literally just sort of you might need time just to to pause. And, and think about your thoughts. So when you start to feel insecure, take that thought out, look at it, examine it, and say, why do, why do I feel worthless as a parent? Is that even a legitimate thought? Like, why is that even there? Do I, why do I feel useless as a husband, as a wife? Um, why do I feel like I'm just I'm just a guy that goes to work and brings home the paycheck? Why do I, why do I just feel like that? Like it's, and where's that coming from? Here's another thing. You, here's a big one. You've got to learn to surrender. So in moments of frustration, in moments of insecurity, in moments of anger, um, the devil absolutely wants to isolate you and, and show you only the worst outcomes. And at that moment, you just have to sit back and say, okay, God, self-worth, sometimes a self-agenda, which leads to selfish, selfish expressions. God, my life is not mine. It's yours. And right now, maybe the source of frustration is me because I'm trying to manage this all on my own. Mm. Maybe I'm trying to figure this out all on my my own, and I can't. Mm. Maybe I want all these answers, these questions answered before things happen, but I can't. Mm. And so I'm just going to let go. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to trust. And and maybe if I, maybe as soon as I surrender, I find out it's not so bad after all. Yeah. But maybe me holding on to things, maybe me, me holding on to the thought that I'm a bad dad, I'm a bad mom, me holding on to the thought that I've messed up with my kids, so I need to control things here so I can make up for where I went wrong. Maybe if I just surrender and give my kids back to God. Maybe if I just surrender and give my life back to God. Like, Well, let me constant, flip that. Okay. How about your spouse? Maybe I need to give my spouse back to God. Oh, yeah. Maybe I need to surrender and understand where they are. Wow. Maybe I need to give them the grace to be able to process. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that as the self-talk. Maybe I need to do this, but maybe we need to do that for someone else. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt there's going to be times when maybe your spouse doesn't know how to word it. But you right. can pick up on these things, and maybe instead of you just getting like, why are they not doing this? Why are they not? 
they sh- they should be so much better at reading the Bible now. They should be so much better at praying now. You know, I don't know. I'm just you know, like instead of why are they not hitting these benchmarks? Yeah. Maybe you're just like, okay, well, maybe they just need more grace in their life. Maybe they just need more support. Mm. Um, you know, the old adage, you, you can't push a chain, you pull it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you ever try to push a chain, the links just collapse in themselves and go nowhere. Mm. Um, maybe at that moment, you just pull them along through, with grace, pull them along with love and encouragement and support rather than try to push them yeah. into something. And we have, you know, all different backgrounds. People have gone through stress at work. Maybe they're dealing with chronic pain. Yeah. Maybe they're dealing with other issues that are underlying that it's hard for us to process because we don't see it visibly. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, and so it's just having that understanding. But that is really hard to do. I know um, for us, we're in a season where... Of course, family members are are not feeling well in the hospital, whatever they may do. And and we're like, well, why can't you do this? Or this will make it better. Well, we have no idea how they're really processing on the inside. Mm, And and giving that grace, giving that latitude, even though we may have the steps that, okay, if you'll just do this, 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 you know, it'll be better. If you just go to work... If you just show up and pick up the kids on time, if you just read yeah. your Bible and lead our family, then it'll be okay. Right. Well, sometimes God wants to go on the journey of all of that with you both together. Right. Instead of just, hey, you do your part and check it off. Well, maybe you're supposed to go through the first step with them. Right. And then that'll lead you to a better second step. Yeah. You know, I was just explaining to somebody the other day, and I think, Randy, you were in there, and I was explaining, like, the Christian life goes through seasons, mm. just like uh, our world goes through seasons. You know, summer, winter, um, spring, summer, whatever the seasons, right? I'm trying to name an order, but summer, fall, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when you're in spring and your spouse is in winter? Mm. Like, like, man, new growth is happening. Like, everything's starting to green. Like, God, you're blessing me. Yeah. I just came out of winter and the rain is coming. Woohoo! And what if your spouse is going through winter, like the leaves are falling off Mm. and it's dark and cold and clammy, but winter was a season that God ordained for them at that moment. Yeah. And you're coming out. You're like, man, yeah, it's spring. Let's go. Let's get get ready for summer. And your spouse is like, I'm in winter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, you, you know, that's when you're just like, okay, like I get it. Maybe I, you know, good thing we're both not going through winter. Because right. it'll be bad. At least one of us is in spring, and we can pull the winter person out. But you got to understand the Christian life, you're going to go through all of those seasons. Yeah. But winter is just as important as the spring. If it wasn't yes. for the pruning, if it wasn't for the leaves falling off, you wouldn't have the new growth and new leaf that's coming. So back to Raina's point, what is God doing in my life right now that I need to be learning instead of why me, why me, why me? And why weren't these needs met? Yeah, but the Lord may be pruning your husband right now, and that may be a winter season. But if you try to jettison that, then you've robbed him of going through this winter process. Hmm. Just like when you're in winter, you need somebody to just to be there with you until like the sun comes up and the clouds move back and you can see the new buds of growth um, appearing. There are going to be seasons in life, and we're going to go through seasons of insecurity, frustration, anger. And but primarily to sort of answer the question for the podcast, why am I so angry? 
Well, if we're pursuing self-help, self-worth from a worldly perspective, our worth is being defined by things that are not worthy. And we have to get back to, and I just got to end with this, you you just got to continually ask God for help. Mm. Because you may not know, like you may be in between seasons. You may be going from fall to winter. You may be going from summer to fall. And, and maybe you don't know that transition period. You don't recognize it. You know, like we've always talked about, let's let's travel somewhere and watch the the leaves turn. Well, that that's not as easily as said and done because you don't know like when exactly the leaves are going to be at their prime. You may catch, well, you could plan a vacation and you're like, well, prime week was last week. All the leaves are, my point is you don't know when you're going to be in and going in and out of a season, mm. which is why you have to continually ask God for help. You're going to have moments of insecurity. You're going to have moments of frustration. You're going to have moments where you just don't feel worth, worthy as a parent, worthy as a husband, worthy as sometimes even a human being, and worthy as a as a follower of Christ. Absolutely. Don't let the devil keep you in that season. You have got to come back to the point where you continually ask God for help, but do not try to receive your self-worth from the way the world defines self-worth. Yeah. You have to receive that instruction from how God defines who you are. So go and Google, how does a Christian define self-worth? And if you'll read the Focus on the Family articles, if you'll Desiring God articles, if you'll read some of these folks that'll give you good sound advice, they'll tell you, get into to the Word of God, see how the God, Word of God defined us, go back into a times of prayer, go back into times of reading the Word, remember who God said you were, how He sees you, why He created you, what he created you for and how much he loves you, like search that. Those are the absolute basics and don't ever leave those in these seasons of life. Right. For sure. Wow. We hope and pray that this was, as as the title implies, we hope this was an encouragement um, to some that are experiencing frustration. Like Randa said, maybe you're frustrated at your spouse. Maybe you're frustrated at yourself or your kids and overall. But whatever your season you're in, we pray you just resurrender back to God and just say, God, my life is not my life, it's yours, and absolutely turn it over to you. Wow, thank you guys for listening. We have, I know we've enjoyed this. Yes. We've enjoyed what comes out of this. Yes. And we pray today that the Lord defines who you are and you see yourself as absolutely chosen, blessed, redeemed, forgiven, adopted, and justified. Just if I'd never sinned. Is how God sees you through Christ and in Christ. Be blessed today. Be encouraged. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.